Uh, we are in uh, John chapter 8. We're going to be starting in verse 31 uh, tonight. Uh, if I get somebody to read me 31 through 38, please. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Amen. So, in the last week when we stopped, uh, Jesus was trying to explain to them his, who he was, his relationship with the father. And in verse 30, it says, as he spake these words, many believed on him. And uh, I remember asking now the question, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it doesn't mean that they were saved. Okay? It doesn't mean that. It means they believed that he was Messiah. But it hadn't changed their belief in what Messiah was. Y'all understand that? Okay? Uh, when, when you mix the spiritual with the worldly, you don't, get a, you don't get a good picture of what God's trying to say. Because God don't use worldliness to describe who he is. He don't use misinformation and make it truth. He uses absolute truth. When he says it, it's truth. And we don't get to change that. We don't get to, to mix it all up. So when, it, it's, it, when, you, when you try to mix the spiritual with a worldly view, it, it, you get mixed up, okay? And understanding is hard to come by. It's hard to find when we do this. And, so as Jesus speaks to these, and, and like I said in verse 30, uh, it says in, uh, in verse uh, 33, uh, in uh, verse 31, he spoke to those that, look at that, who believed on him. That's who he's talking to uh, when he, when he goes, carries on this conversation. And uh, uh, you know, so you've got to ask, well, what do they believe because of what he says to them? And so we must, we must believe, when we say we believe in Christ, we must believe in Christ as the scripture has said unto us. That's why Jesus will make that remark later on in the book of John. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so we have to, it's important that we know what we believe. And it's, it's a, you remember what Paul said? I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. He, he said that. He knew who he believed in. He knew who that was that he believed in. And he knew the one he believed in was able to do anything. He believed that. These people don't have that kind of belief. Okay? Uh, so when, and, and you say, well, how do you know that? It's because it's because the time that they lived in, because they were still under the Old Testament law. Okay? These people are going to remain under the Old Testament law until the Holy Spirit's poured out at Pentecost. Y'all know, know that, don't you? So Jesus is talking to a group of people 
who are still living under the law. And he's trying to prepare them about who he is and what he's fixing to do. And he does it for their benefit, but he also does it for our benefit so we can look at it now and know what he did and what he told them he was going to do. And he's telling us with a better understanding because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And so, uh, so that what he's doing. So this understanding is not about earthly things because they wanted, what did they want Thermoside to do? They wanted him to free Israel. They wanted him to set up himself as a king, free them, and dominate the earth. That's what they wanted him to do. His teaching to them is not earthly. It's not worldly. It's not fleshly. It's spiritual. And they were having a lot of trouble comprehending that, that they were fixing to become spiritual beings. Okay? We still have that issue today, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we still have an issue separating the, the worldly part of ourselves and the spiritual part of ourselves and making our fleshly side agree with the spiritual side. Well, that's the spiritual warfare that goes on with every one of us even today. Paul talk, talks about that. And, and so the, that's the reason he said that that, that spiritual warfare is not necessarily fought in the flesh, it's fought in the dark places. Amen? It's, it's fought in lust. It's fought, fought uh, in jealousy. It's fought in anger. It's fought in things you can't really see, but you can feel. Okay? And so, and, and Satan loves to use those very things that causes our warfare against us. Amen. And he will. Yeah. He will. And, you know, we can't blame everything on Satan. Uh, he ain't omnipresent. But, uh, you know, he started this mess by his lies. Amen? He started this mess with his lies, and, and they fell for that. And so they wanted to, to, uh, to Jesus, as all the Jews did, to be king and, and lead a, a military conquest to put Jews back into power uh, over the land. And Jesus, on the other hand, wants them free spiritually to help them understand that God is a spirit. Remember what he told the woman at the well? God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. So this is what he's addressing. He's addressing the spirit, and now he's trying to address truth with these people. And they're not, they're not receiving it very well because of what they've been taught all their life, and they don't understand what he's trying to say. And, and uh, like I said, we still have these issues today. There's a lot of people who don't, still don't understand the spiritual side is what God is working on with us. And when we get our spiritual side right, our carnal side, we can keep it in check by the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. And, and we have a whole bunch of people who think that, that, that you can't get away from that carnal side. And that's what Jesus is trying to, t to teach us. There's a spiritual side that you've got to get control of that's got to be set free in you. So Jesus begins to teach them that uh, uh, what, what they will need to know. And, and, and like I said, remember that as long as Jesus lives and speaks, he does so uh, so that we can, we can have these gospels today. As long as he's alive in the scripture, as long as he's speaking, that's why we have these red letters. This is the gospel being said as we read this. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ and his word, his story of love, and also as long as he is alive, the, the law is still in effect, and they must still sacrifice. 
Okay? They still got to go through the rituals that they were going through. You remember when Jesus heals the lepers? What did he tell them to do? No. He told the lepers, he said, go to the temple and present yourself to the priest for the cleansing ritual that you had to do. He didn't, he didn't let them just, just get healed and say, praise the Lord, this is a spiritual thing, this is a love thing. No, they're still under the law, so he sent them to the priest to do what the law told them to do because they're still under the law as long as he's walking and talking. Amen? Amen. And so, so that's what he sent them to do. He sent them the lepers to heal, and he would instruct them to go to the priest for cleansing. So here he tells them, now, it, now look at this, this is very key. If you continue in what? My word. My word. I'm always telling y'all, I always emphasize how important my word is. Not mine, his. The word of the Lord. How important the word of the Lord is. It's very important. He says, because he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? Amen? That's why... Christianity today such, throws such confusing signals to lost people. Amen? Amen? It's because a lot of people who profess to be Christian don't continue in the Word of God. They live opposite of the Word of God and people, people who don't even know the Word of God see them doing things and they say, they ain't supposed to be doing that. They're Christians. Amen? Have you ever seen Christians do things and think they ain't supposed to be doing that? And the Bible instructs us to police ourselves with that. Yeah. It instructs us when we see a brother or a sister doing something like that, we need to go and wait a minute, brother. And do it in love, do it in compassion, not threatening, not in judgment. And not, let, let me talk to you about this. And it's hard, it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? But that's part of, of being uh, uh, continuing in the Word, uh, and, and then you can. And, and he said, and, and then he went on to say, and you shall know what the truth. And what's the truth going to do to you? Okay. Now, there's never been a lie set anybody free. There's never been a deception that set anybody free. Only truth, and it's always the truth that Jesus spoke. The truth of the gospel. He is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And he's going to tell them that a little later. He, he brings all this. He's telling them this in bits and pieces. He's making his points. And he continues the same type of thought, the same type of teaching all the way through the book of John. Okay? And then he includes the Holy Spirit at the end of this. And, uh, and so he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, we know he's not talking about physical freedom, they think he is. He's talking about spiritual freedom. He's talking about uh, uh, about spiritual and they will be free from what? Sin. They'll be free from sin. They'll be free from the, the laws. They'll be free even from the Old Testament laws. They'll be free to come boldly before the throne of grace and, and uh, look at their reaction. What is their reaction? Look in verse 33. What is their reaction? We are Abraham's seed. We ain't never been under bondage to anybody. <laughs> Where were they at this time? 
Who ruled over them at this time? They were in bondage up to their eyeballs and were too dumb to know it. Why, why do you think they felt that way? There's a reason. See, the Romans did something when they conquered a people that nobody ever, other conqueror ever did. What was that? They allowed them to have their own religion. They let them keep their own religion. They allowed that. They forbid their soldiers to destroy their temples. They forbid their soldiers to interfere with their worship. And so that's why the, the Sanhedrin had as much power with the Roman government in, in uh, Jerusalem at that time as they did because Rome protected their right to religion because they knew they would be easier to control if they let them believe what they wanted to about their God. That's right. Amen? Amen? And so to them, even though they had to do, they had to pay tribute to Caesar, they had to pay taxes to a foreign uh, a, a ruler, but to them, as long as they were able to worship the way they wanted, they were free. Amen. We have to be careful about that stuff right there, and and so this was just a, a, a trick. It was a trap. And were they free? No. They were not free. They were not free. And they said, "We are Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you you shall?" make us free. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny when you think about it, but they weren't laughing and neither was Jesus. And so he had placed them under captivity, God had. Why? Because they sinned against him. That's why they were in the, the predicament they were in. It's why they had been in there ever since Babylon. Babylonia took them over. They had been under domination by some foreign government because of their sin against God. So God wanted to, Jesus wants to address the root cause of why they're in the predicament they are in, which is sin. Now let me tell you this. Sin is always the root cause of our problems. Yeah. Amen. Sin without repentance. Yeah, and especially when you don't confess and repent. We're not, we're not perfect. And I'm, I would like, you know, it, it, would, it, it makes it sound good if I said, well, I'm glad we're not perfect. We can't be perfect. We live in a fallen world. We live in a cursed world. We still, when the Lord saves us, He moves His Spirit inside of us, but He don't kick ours out. Wouldn't we be better off if he did? Amen. But that's not his way. He leaves us in there. Because he don't want us without us. Is that what I mean? He makes sense, doesn't he? Arkansas slang. He wants he wants us. He wants us to learn to trust Him. He wants us to love Him enough to obey Him. He wants us to know who He is. He wants us to study His Word and live by that Word. He wants us to yield ourselves to His Spirit within us. He wants us to humble ourselves before Him. And He will lift us up. Amen. That's what His plan for us is. And we fight Him every step of the way. Just like these people are. And, we, and you look at this and you say, well, what's wrong with them people? Why don't they do right? 
Same thing for all of us. We still got the same issues they did, don't we? Yeah, we've even got the word. And, and we've, got, we've got the word. We've got the history of what they were doing wrong, and yet we did the same thing. Comfortable ignorance. Oh, my. It ain't comfortable sometimes, is it? Uh -huh. It's just downright uncomfortable sometimes, especially when truth starts coming into that ignorance, and it stirs us up. You know what? Sometimes truth, when it tries to, to relate to ignorance, makes us angry. We don't, we don't like to be told we're wrong. And nobody does. And you go to talking to people about some of their religious beliefs and you'll, you'll try to tell them, they'll get from hostile. Well, that's the way I believe it. The way I was taught it. The way I'm going to believe it when I die. <laughs> These people who said right there in verse 30, they believed. And we say that all the time. Ain't the way I believe it. Well, how do you believe it, pray tell? You're wrong. <laughs> and so they, they said, we're, we're Abraham's seed. You, we know who we are. And you shall make, you will make us free. You, and you shall be made free, he said. And Jesus said, verily, verily, I said, you whosoever commit a sin is a servant of sin. So he, he tries to get their mind off of the the carnal of Abraham and focus on their life. Amen? You know, when a person gets saved, there's, a, there's an instant recognition at the point of their salvation they're not right. Y'all know that? By the time they feel the, the, the pull of, and the drawing of the Father for you to come to the Son is the moment that you know you're not right with God. And that's what happens to a people, a person, when they get up and come to the altar and seek salvation. They realize that there's something wrong in their life. There's something not right. They're not living right. And they feel the need to correct that. Amen. And that's simple, isn't it? And, and yet, there's a lot of people who will stand there and they'll just bow up at that thought. They'll bow up at that feeling. They'll say, this is my body. I'll do what I want to do. And we'll reject God. How many of you ever rejected God before you finally accepted Him? <laughs> lots of hands, but not all of them, but lots of them did. If I would have went to the Lord the first time I felt him draw me, I'd have got saved as a young teenager. I was 23 years old when I got saved. Amen? Amen. He made it feel where I couldn't get away from him. Right. He made it feel that, and I didn't want to get away from it. I wanted to go to it. But until then, I, I was one of them white knuckle people. Makes you glad that he bothered you so much. Yeah. You know, you feel like it sometimes. You're like, would you quit bugging me? But he's, he loves you. He ain't never going to let up. Amen. And, and we need that. And, and you know what? Even now, after salvation, it's a blessing to be convicted. You know what? Yeah. Because you know there's something holy in you that says, you ain't good. That's a blessed thought. Amen. When you can sin without that, you're in trouble. Big trouble. And so what we need to do when we feel that conviction is grin and then obey. Yeah. 
and confess, take care of it. And not argue with the Holy Spirit. How many of you ever argued with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> now you might well, if you're saved, you might well, I'll get your hands up now. Yeah. How many of you have ever denied what the Holy Spirit wanted you to do? You might well get your hands up again. <laughs> and let me tell you what. <clears throat> Sometimes it's very expensive to deny the Holy Spirit right to move you somewhere mm -hmm. to take you to somebody and, and I don't mean out of your pocket but I ain't talking about dollars and cents I'm talking about souls it's expensive to deny the work of the Holy Spirit in your life when he's trying to motivate you to speak to someone or to tell someone about Christ That's, that could be the difference between them going to heaven and hell mm -hmm. and we, we don't need to we don't need to overcome that that feeling to, to speak to somebody, to go see somebody, to call somebody, that just, uh, we don't need to, to resist that. We need to obey that. That's the way God works. You remember? He's given us a ministry. I preached about it one time. Y'all remember what ministry He's given every one of us? Reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We have that ministry. We have the ministry to reconcile lost people to the Savior, we know that we've been reconciled to. And he, when He reconciled us, He gave us the same ministry that we're supposed to do with others. Don't ever forget that. Now listen to me. That is the number one work of the saved person. That ministry of reconciliation. And not only are we to get others reconciled back to God, we're to keep ourselves reconciled to God. Were to keep ourselves. He told them early how to do that. You shall know the truth and the truth if you continue in my word. That's what he's talking about. That's where how we come by that. And then he tells them in verse 36, you know, when they, they said, oh, we're Abraham's seed, blah, blah, blah. And he, he, uh, he said, well, if you commit sin, you're the servant of sin. The sin abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And then he goes on and he kind of he kind of pets them a little bit and he said, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. And look why they, he says they seek to kill him. Do you think Jesus knows why they want to kill him? He does. And he tells them right here he knows. And it's true too. He said, he said and you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Hey, you don't think the word not important to us? What did David say? David knew this when he was writing in the psalm. Hide your word in my heart so I may not sin against you. Exactly. Psalm 119. David said to, to put the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and so we need to remember that. Uh, that, uh, that that's always been the way God works. Amen? And not only that, uh, Solomon told us in Proverbs that sin is what? A reproach to any people. That means us too. That means Christians too. When he used that word any people, he was it was all inclusive word. Sin is a reproach even to the person who lives in, under the grace and under the blood of Christ. It's still a reproach. And it has to be sin 
According to Jesus right here, it can, you cannot be free until you address sin. You cannot stay free if you don't keep addressing sin. I know that this is the simplicity of it. That's why we're always preaching around here. Confess, confess, confess. It's a blessing. It's a, it's a provision of Jesus Christ to keep us pure where He can use us. Amen? It's, it's not to, to make you feel guilty, to make you feel bad, to, to preach these things. It's to draw you to Him to keep you clean, to keep you sin-free. And you say, well, nobody lives sin-free. Yes, you can. When you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you those sins. The blood covers those sins, and you are clean when you do that. Amen? How many of you just take a bath once a year? <laughs> Bob does that. I do, I do. Twice a year. Amen. Why won't you? Why do you wait? Why don't? Why do you take a bath every day? Get well, at least once a week. You know why? Because you go to stinking. Stinking. You go to smelling funky. People walk by you and go, How many of you change your clothes once every six months? You know, you know what happens? Your clothes go to smelling like your body. That's the way sin does our soul and our spirit. It makes us funky and makes us stink before God. Contaminates. Mm. Isn't that something? The result of it is always rotten. It's rotten. It is. It's always rotten. It never leads to anything good, especially if you. Not. So He's made a way for us to address it, to take a bath, to cleanse ourselves, and make ourselves clean. And when we make ourselves clean, guess what? We're acceptable to Him. Amen. You know, I've used this example before. How many of you go to the dishwasher and open the dishwasher up and you forgot to turn on and you reach down and pull out that plate you ate out of two or three days ago and go put you some more food and I'm going to eat this and take that spoon that's still got stuff stuck all over it? That's kind of sickening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And yet that's the way we want to serve God. <laughs> he ain't going to use us that way. You got to turn that dishwasher on in here. You got to get that hot water and that stuff. No, you got to get that blood in there and cleanse that. And so he says, he says, I, I'm going to give you the truth, and this truth is going to set you free. And if the Son, I love this. I, this is one of the most quoted scriptures. Mm -hmm. If the Son has made you free, you are free indeed. Do you believe that? We like to say it, but we need to live like we believe it and stay free, stay free from sin. And he's made that possible. He said, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and you do that which you have seen of, now look at this, your Father. Now who have they already told him their Father is? Abraham. And they already told him their Father was Abraham. He picked up on that. I'm the Father. Uh -huh. He picked up on that. He picked up on what they said. They believed that Abraham is their father. Amen? Now, they wouldn't believe Jesus had a, was the, the Son of God, that the Father above was His heavenly Father. 
They wouldn't believe that. They kept talking about Joseph and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so he, he has caught them now in their own words. You, you, uh, <laughs> you believe or you speak that which you have seen with your father. Let's see what that means. Somebody read for me verses 39 through 47, please. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the work of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I protected forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me, which you do, which of you convict me of sin. And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. All right. So Jesus seizes this opportunity. And when he tells them, and you do that which you have said to your father, they answered to him and said, Abraham is our father. He is our father. He, we are the seed of He is our father. You know, they still claim that today. Even the, the, the people who aren't Jews. That's the big giant conflict over there. Because Abraham had more children than Isaac. Amen? He had Ishmael to begin with, which is Arabia. And he had Isaac, which is Israel. But he had seven sons by a second wife. Did y'all know that? And he sent them away and they made they were made nations too. Those are the people that's always after Israel. They claim the same right. They claim that Abraham is their father too. And so they claim that they have an inheritance of Abraham as much inheritance and much so is the Jewish people. So Jerusalem is the prize. Jerusalem is the prize. And that's what they're all after. And so when Jesus said something about their father, uh, they know he ain't talking about their biological fathers. And, and look at their response to his statement. Abraham is our father. And so Jesus seizes on this opportunity. Now here's something that although they claim to be sons of Abraham or the seed of Abraham, they forget why Abraham was so well thought of by God. What was his title? He is the father of what? He's the father of faith. Yeah. The Bible calls him the father of faith because he believed God. Amen? And so Abraham believed God. He is designated as a father of faith because he went where the Lord sent him in response to the Lord's command. 
He believed and obeyed God. And that's why Jesus now said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now, how would Jesus know this? This is interesting to me. Y'all remember when Abraham was praying for Sodom and Gomorrah? Y'all remember that? And he kept... Who came to him? He kept saying, don't get mad at me, but if there's this many left, if there's this many left, are you not going uh -huh. Yeah, but who was, he, who was he talking to? Jesus. When Abraham was praying for Sodom and Gomorrah, there was three men that showed up there. He recognized these people as from God. Two of them he recognized as angels. When the, when the, the, the one that was seen to be in control and uh, authority told him what was going on, the other two left and left him there with that one. And what did Abraham call him? Lord. <laughs> Think about that. I always said, I use the word theophanies. That there's pictures of Christ showing up in the Old Testament. Like when he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, and they recognized that. Somebody in there looked like the Son of God. That's not accident, that's design. Abraham recognized the one that stayed with him was Lord, and that's the one he bartered with. That's the one that he spoke to when he said, If there's 50, would you let them survive? Oh, yeah. At this point, he got all the way down to 10, and he didn't go any lower. Mm -hmm. And he fed this man. He fed this, this person he called Lord. He, and so, if, if that was genuinely Christ, Christ knew what Abraham would do. Christ would, Abraham would believe in him because he trusted the Father, and he knew the Father was, was going to send the Son. He, he, you know, Abraham went to kill his own son. Why? It's a picture of what God was planning, the Father was planning to do with Jesus Christ for us. And he found a man that was faithful to him enough, willing to do that with his only son. Man, Jesus knew Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. And he went to kill him for that. Amen. He knew what Abraham would do. And he told them the truth. You know, they don't lie. Well, you, you may be right. Abraham might not believe me either. He knew better than that. He didn't say that either, did he? And so <clears throat> Abraham would know Jesus, and he would know Jesus was from heaven. Abraham would certainly not seek to kill Jesus, who was telling them truth sent from God. And then again, Jesus makes a statement again. He said, you do the deeds of your father. Now who do they claim is their daddy? They, they swap daddies on me. Look what they do. Who's, who's their father now? You know, it's hard to deal with a confused person. They don't know who their daddy is. They don't. But all of a sudden it dawns on them, this guy we're talking to knows something about Abraham. So now if they change who their father is, because they're going to they're pick a father now, they don't think this guy knows anything about it, although he tried to tell them he's from him, but they don't listen to him. Our father is who? God. Our father is God. Amen? Amen. Our father is God. And they said, we're not born of fornication. 
We have one Father, even God. Hmm. Boy, Jesus didn't miss this one, did he? He jumped right in the middle of that one. So he tells them, and so they cannot perceive Jesus' deity. They cannot perceive who he is. And so he tells them more truth about their father that they claim is their father. And he says the same thing he did about Abraham. If God were your father, you would love me. Ooh. Did they believe him? No. Now these are the people that have said believed on him earlier. That's who he's talking to. And he says, <laughs> you would love me for I proceeded forth and came from him, from God, neither came I of myself. He sent me. And it, that, he goes right back to John 3.16. God so loved the world that he did what? He sent. His only begotten Son, and whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus confirms this here again. He said, He sent me here. Why do you not understand my speech? You, you think that question Jesus asked him, he's getting a little frustrated with him? He's probably thinking, as a man, what more can I do? What more can I tell him? And thankfully, he does tell him even more. He's, he's done miracles. They have seen the miracles he's done. They've talked about the miracles he's done. John, don't even tell us all the miracles that they've seen that they're talking about. But Nicodemus, had to remember when Nicodemus came to him and said, nobody can do the miracles you do except God is with them. <laughs> That's why he believed that God was with him. He didn't believe he was God yet. But God was with him. Nobody can do these miracles except God be with them. And so he, was, he began to, to teach them. And he began to get a little frustrated. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because, and look at what he says. Why does he say they can't understand the speech? Because you cannot hear my word. It's a, that's another constant theme through the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, plumb on into Revelation. They have ears to hear, but they don't hear. No, they don't understand. They don't hear what he's saying. They do not hear his word. They hear the words, but they're not receiving the words. So when he refers to hearing the word, he refers to hearing the word, believing the word, receiving the word into your heart, and responding to that word in obedience. That's what he means when he said hear the word. And he said, he said y'all not doing that. And then look at what he said. Now he gets down to some real nitty gritty. Wonder if they had guns back then, they'd shot him. Well, they couldn't have because it wasn't his time. Look what he says to them. You are of your father, the devil. Now, don't you think right now they're, they're mad? Yep. It's a wonder he got to say much more. They're probably so flabbergasted that he just told them that they can't say nothing. Jesus, if you'll ever notice in his teachings, he disarms people with his words. Amen? He kind of takes the, they don't know what to say to him. They don't know what to respond. So a lot of times they, they respond in anger because they don't know what else to do. 
Amen. And so he tells them now who their father is. He's a Satan. And look at his description of the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now who got murdered in the beginning? Cain. Killed Abel. And he says he was a murderer from the beginning. He started this. He killed. He's a killer. He's a murderer. And he wants to murder. He wants you to kill each other. He wants you to hate each other, you know. And, and so he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. What did he do? He changed the truth. That's the way you recognize Satan's preachers. That's the way you recognize Satan's prophets. They change the truth. Oh, yeah, you can commit adultery and it's fine. You can be a homosexual. It's okay. You can lie all you want. That's good. Really? What does the word say? That these that commit such sins shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You better not believe that lie. That's just three of them. There's a bunch of a whole bunch of them in more than one spot that, that he tells us. And he said, He is a liar from the beginning. He he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. You notice that there's certain preachers that preach that's got someone got major churches. They'll never preach repentance. They'll never preach that sin is wrong. They'll just preach this feel good. They either do one or two things. They preach a feel good religion or a gimme gimme religion. Or they'll have a healing religion. A gift religion. Amen? It don't do no good to brag about the gifts if you don't have the gift. And we already know from the scripture, Satan can work miracles. Amen? Amen. He can do things. And so, he says, so, because there is no truth in him, your father, the devil, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Not the word of God. Not the words of Christ, certainly. Now he is a liar and the father of it. Revelation tells us that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, and he will. Amen? Did you know the first thing Jesus Christ does when he comes back in the millennial reign is take the Antichrist and the false prophet and throws them into the lake of fire? The first thing he does. He binds Satan and puts him in a pit. But he takes that antichrist and that false prophet and he puts them in that eternal lake of fire. Not that holding place. Not that dungeon. Not that pit in that lake of fire where they're going to be there forever. And later on, he'll put Satan in the same place with them. They just think. They never <clears throat> died and resurrected. They never got a chance to stand in front of the great white throne of judgment. He dealt with them right there. He dealt with them immediately right there on the spot. Puts them in hell. Puts them in, in the lake of fire and brimstone. He don't, that's the first thing he does when he shows up. Amen. He cuts the head off the snake is what he does. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, in a manner of speaking, actually the devil is the head. 
And so because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. You don't, you don't want to know the truth. Why? Why do people today don't want to know the truth? Somebody tell me a reason. They don't want to change. They don't want to give up what they love to do. They don't want to give up the pleasures of sin. They want to continue in their sin. They don't want to give that up. So they don't want to hear the truth. Now I'm going to tell you, I deal with this a lot. A lot more than you think. And, and I know some of you do too. I know you got kids and grandkids and you're always having to deal with this and try to teach them. And, and sometimes, despite what you teach them, show them, they'll do it anyway. <laughs> well, then they ain't just kids and teenagers that do that. I think a lot of people that have grown way old enough know a lot better than to do some of the things they do. But they'll do them anyway. What causes those things? Lust. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. Not only that, anger. Mm -hmm. Jealousy. Envying. The desire to kill something or somebody. Amen. Me and Brother Gary was talking about this the other day. You know what the world's new definition of evil is? It ain't really new, but you have to you have to perceive this. You know what it is? Mental illness. Mental illness now is the new answer for evil. They're not evil, they're mentally ill. They're not evil, they're sick. And for sin, it's a mistake. Yeah, we don't yes, sin anymore. We make errors and mistakes. Yeah. And if you're if you're diagnosed by a medical professional as, with mental illness, they have control when they get your medical records. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's why our court system is set up. If you can prove mental illness, they won't they won't put you in death. And no, they won't even put you in prison. They'll put you in a, some kind of sanitarium or something and get you some help. They want to address evil for what evil is. You know why? Because we've done turn to that point where evil is good and good is evil. That started, didn't start just now. It started a long time ago. Yeah. Amen. These mass shootings, because it's like they're talking about uh, something wrong in our head. There is. They've been listening to Satan. They're evil. That's what's wrong with them. They're listening to their father, Satan, and he's a liar. And 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 it looks like mental illness to the world because they they ain't got a clue what they're looking at. They're looking at purity, unadulterated evil. Cain would have been pronounced criminally insane if he'd killed his brother now. <laughs> Did God judge him that way? No. He did. He, he sentenced him to a life of torment. That's what he did. Alright, well, I'm, I'm about, about to wrap this one up. We still ain't get through this chapter. And so he said, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar, the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you won't believe me. Now, which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? 
Now, what did he mean by that? They, they had accused him already of having a devil. Amen? Yeah. And they were accusing him of being the sinner. Of being the one whose father was the devil. At one point they called him Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. <laughs> and remember what he said in the gospel? He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Do you think Satan's going to cast out his own demons? And he basically told them that they, they blasphemed the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's what they did. Yeah. I mean, when, when you call God the devil, you're in sad shape. And everybody in that sad shape not only will call God the devil, they will call the truth a lie. Yeah. And that's what you see so much of today. Who is the father of that? Ain't God. Ain't Abraham. Ain't Jesus. The devil. It's the devil. Amen. And so he that is of God, now he makes a statement here. Verse 47. Now listen to this very closely. Because he's telling me and you something we better know and understand right now. He that is of God does what? The person that is saved and of God that's filled with the Spirit will hear God's Word. Mm -hmm. They will hear it. Mm -hmm. Amen? He that is of God heareth God's Word. Now look at this. You therefore hear them not. Why? Because you are not of God. Now what did I tell you a while ago that Jesus meant by hearing the Word? It meant Receiving the word, believing the word, obeying the word. Do y'all believe that? What good does it do to know the word and you won't obey the word? I mean, if you, you know it's against the law to kill somebody and you go kill somebody, what do you expect? Well, it used to, you could expect an electric chair, now they just let you go. And so, these are words that this is one of the most critical scriptures in, in this chapter that he's talking to us. He that is of God heareth God's word. He that is of God believes God's word. He that is of God obeys God's word. All the great patriarchs, Abraham they spoke up, believed God. The Bible says it, Brother Sam. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Woo! Believe in God and obey God carries a lot of weight with Amen. God. Now we got to learn that lesson. That's the way the church stays together. That's the way we forbear one another. That's the way we keep loving one another. That's the way we keep on as a unit of, 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 of worshipers. If we stay together, we get in one mind and one accord. Because we believe God's word. Because we believe God. That's important. Y'all circle that scripture in your Bible so you'll be able to go to it. 
highlight it, whatever you want to do. He that is of God heareth God's word. He therefore hear them not because you are not of God. So it tells you a lot of reasons why some people can't get the word of God. They're not of God. Sobering thought, isn't it? Any questions? 17th, we'll start on 48th. Good Lord willing, we'll get through with that chapter next week. Amen. Any comment? Would you stand? Thank y'all for being here tonight, and uh, let's remember all those that we uh, mentioned on our prayer list to that. Make sure we do pray for, for these folks. And remember, uh, Vicki and Gary, if you, you want to call, make sure you call Gary's phone because she's, she's pretty much out of it, but he'll be glad to tell you everything and, uh, and uh, keep a check on them. Uh, remember, Brother James, you got to go in the 23rd, right? 23rd, yeah. Yeah, remember Brother, Brother James, and he's got a, they're going to do something with his, it's your eyelid, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I hope that's all we see. <laughs> okay. so, there's a lot to pray for. A lot of things going on right now. I love y'all. Brother Gene Wines, will you dismiss us, please? God, most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come to your house and hear another portion of your word. I thank you for Brother Gary that, that shares this word, Lord, and explains it to us in a way that we can understand it. And I pray that you continue to bless him and his ministry. I pray for these that have been mentioned here tonight, the Lord. These have had to have surgery. They're going to have a surgery, Lord. I pray you be with the surgeon. Lord, you just got the hands and everything will go according to your will. Lord, for all these that have lost loved ones, I pray that you comfort them. And as we go on our way home, Lord, I pray for traveling grace. And Lord, that you just take their home safely. And Lord, that you put a, a, a want to in each heart be back in your service Sunday morning. I thank you and I praise you for the blessings of the day and for all the good things you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all don't forget Mother's Day Sunday morning. Lord's Lord Supper. Lord